0: This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1314. Minimally Effective Dose, or Med, the Goldilocks of Training Dosage, Part 2, by Kate Galliott of fitforreallife.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Hey there, happy Wednesday, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and more, just like an audiobook from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now it's Wednesday, so you might be needing a little bit of inspiration to make it through these last couple of days of the week. And so, here we go. Quote, Whenever I'm stuck, I try to imagine what someone smarter than me would do, and then I do that. This was an excerpt from the book, Play, How It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination, and Invigorates the Soul by Stuart Brown, MD. All right, now today's post is part two from yesterday. So if you're new here or skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That's episode 1313. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Minimally Effective Dose, or MED, The Goldilocks of Training Dosage, part two, by Kate Galliott fitforreallife.com. It's not about balance, it's about harmony. I once found myself in a conversation with a man that was as close to a zen master or shaman or mystic as I had ever met. What he said has stuck with me after all of these years. Quote, The goal isn't to find balance, it's to find harmony. Us, life, the universe, They are not equations to be solved, so they balance on both sides. To be in harmony is to have some parts be present in greater amounts than other parts, but the goal for each part is to be just enough to support the others, and not so much that it takes away from others. If we can get all of our parts to work together harmoniously, that's it. Aim for harmony, not balance. End quote. This is abundantly true for your body's movement capacity, strength, and function. It's not lost on me how good this concept is for all of life, not just your body's function. We are nothing if not repetitive creatures. Daily life stuff can create movement quality issues. Carrying a kid on one hip, always carrying a bag on one shoulder, the slight left turn you make with your torso when you sit at your desk to type, if you have a favorite sport or training modality that has repetitive patterns and body positions in it, these can cause aches and pains. For example, running can bring tight calves, a tight hip complex, and so on. Cycling can bring a tight T-spine, tight shoulders, and weak glutes. Repetitive motions done for long enough will create muscular imbalances. Should we call it disharmony in light of what the Zen master said? This will make your joints sit funny, Pinching and pulling the tissue around the joint and even areas far from the joint can be affected. This doesn't mean the favorite sport or daily life stuff is bad. It just means we need to do an appropriate amount of work to bring the body's soft tissue structure and movement capacity back into harmony. Remember, the goal here is feel pretty darn good pretty much all of the time. Are all the movements you're doing in your strength workout supporting that goal? Maybe not. Here's an example. Lunges can be a great exercise, but some lunges focus more muscle fiber firing to the quadriceps, and other lunges give you a major fire up to the muscle fibers in the glutes and hamstrings. If you're dealing with quad dominance, where your quadricep muscles are doing most of the work and your glutes and hamstrings are lacking, there are certain lunges that I would avoid prescribing for you. We have better things we can do with our time than perform a lunge that is exacerbating a disharmony in your movement mechanics. The exercise in itself isn't bad, but for right now, your time is better spent doing things like deadlifts and hip thrusts, especially if you're experiencing quad dominance. Get ahead of the snowball. I look at stiffness, aches, and muscular imbalances and disharmony like a snowball rolling down a hill. That snowball is going to pick up speed and more snow as it goes growing and speeding down the hill. Your job is to run down the hill and get ahead of the snowball. If you can stay ahead of your snowball, you can control the speed it rolls down the hill. To do this, you must allocate your fitness pie to have enough mobility work and enough strength work that supports high-quality movement as a priority. Then you can fill in the pie with other fitness stuff you want to include. Here's a classic example of the snowball rolling down the hill. I shared my post on specific stretches to do for the feet and lower legs to help folks who were having pain in that area. I had mentioned how those stretches are uber challenging for my runners and triathletes because of how much tightness they have from doing their sports. A client of mine read it, did them at home, and came into her next session asking, Those stretches were easy. I barely felt a thing. How can people not do those? Two weeks later, that same client started training for a half marathon. With the uptick in running, her calves and feet were now being used way more than before. She came in and we did those same stretches as part of her movement prep work and she struggled mightily to even get into the position that previously was so effortless for her. She realized the impact that two weeks of an increased dose of running without increasing her dose of mobility work for her lower legs had on her. Her snowball had picked up speed, and she hadn't kept up with it. If you're going to increase the amount of movements you do that are repetitive in nature, your minimum effective dose of correctives for that repetitive movement pattern needs to increase as well, if you want to stay ahead of your snowball. If you're just starting out with fixing your movement quality, you're going to need more of your fitness pie to be allocated to mobility work and movement pattern fixes. If you do ample work in the early going though, you'll have to do much less later on. My clients who spend a good chunk of time taking care of their mobility work and muscle activation in the first month of their plan have to do minimal work to maintain it down the line. They get to where they don't need to touch on the mobility work but a few times a week. I've had folks do the opposite and spend a minimum amount of time on this stuff from the get-go and they get better but they never seem to get fully ahead of it. Do the work early on to get ahead of your snowball and you'll have to do less to stay ahead of it in the future. Ultimately, gang, you want to move pretty darn good pretty much all of the time. And it's totally legit to assume that it's within your reach to do that. The journey might seem long and slow, but even on its slowest days, it is much faster than the journey back from a legitimate injury. And if you're already injured, the damage is done. We can't change that but it's time to look forward to what you can do differently from here on out. You just listened to the post titled, Minimally Effective Dose, or MED, The Goldilocks of Training Dosage, by Kate Galliott a fitforreallife.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Okay, so remember at the end of yesterday's episode, I said how we would go into more details today? Well, mission accomplished. That's because in part two of this article, Kate clearly explained why mixing things up every now and then, and specifically targeting those areas of the body that may be on the weaker side, is so worth it. But I understand the hesitancy. For so many, just staying consistent with exercise is difficult in itself. So many other things get in the way. I get it. So, it should be enough to simply stay consistent with the same activities and types of exercises since you're probably doing more than most everyone else. True, but as I said yesterday, and as Kate said today, this could lead to the development of some imbalances, which could then lead to injury. Look, I've been told to my face by my family members that my shoulders are disproportionately smaller than my chest and back. Yes, they have actually said that to my face. I'm not mad or anything. Anywho, this doesn't mean that I then started performing only shoulder workouts every single day. Could you imagine if I told you that I am now ignoring the rest of my body and only performing shoulder exercises? I'm skipping cardio Skipping bench presses, skipping any leg exercises, all in the name of more proportioned shoulders. You would probably say that this was a terrible idea. At least I hope you would, because it is a terrible idea. So how is this any different than someone telling me or today's author, Kate, that the only exercise they do is jog, or they only swim, or when they go to the gym, they perform the same five moves every time? Or that they've been using the same P90X DVDs for the last 10 years. It's the same idea. These will all lead to certain areas of the body being neglected. To use Kate's pie chart analogy, in my quest for bigger shoulders, I altered my fitness pie chart a bit and dedicated more time to shoulder exercises. But that does not mean that I now skip leg workouts, or chest, or arm workouts, or ignore stretching or cardio. I still incorporate a balanced, harmonious approach to fitness. And I hope Kate and I have convinced you that you should too. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. I hope you're having a wonderful week and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.